When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Mike Tomlin Game Day Podcast with Steelers Digest Editor Bob Labriola. Okay, Coach, I imagine the Monday review of the previous game can take on a lot of different tones with you holding the microphone, so to speak. Uh, Maybe instructive and businesslike or maybe emotional and angry. What did the team need from you on the day after the opening day loss to the 49ers? You know, um, aside from the performance and and the result of performance, at the early portions of the journey, um, one of my primary objectives is to teach, to instruct, to make sure that they understand what we're trying to get done on a Monday. And so I would have probably had that spirit regardless of outcome. Uh, So I was outlining what we do on a Monday. We assess what happened and we're accountable for what happened, one. Secondarily, we review our process. What led to performance? What did we do last week? What did we emphasize? What did we not emphasize? What did we physically rep? What did we walk through? What did we run through? Um, And so we assess our process from the week ago in terms of the performance it produced. And then lastly, we make some some broad plans about what the next, you know, prep process that leads to play needs to look like. And so that's what a Monday is for us, um, win or lose. Obviously, uh, based on that performance, man, we had some discussions to be had, some things to analyze, some things to own, uh, and we did that. Is it possible to use anger as a teaching tool or in situations like that does emotion tend to get in the way? Um, it just depends on – it depends on – you know, variables, the when, the where, the who. Um, no question, emotions are a component of this game. Emotions are a component of, of teaching and getting attention um, in this game. Um, but you got to be thoughtful and intentional about it. You go to the well too often, it dulls the edge of the knife. So then you could compare it maybe, compare it maybe to um, similar to using padded practices during an NFL season. Uh, where it's generally best to pick your spots carefully. Very much so. Very very similar discussion in terms of the thought process. You you got only so many bullets. You don't want to waste them. You want to be really intentional about utilizing them. Do you spend any time or energy on the why things unfolded as they did, or is the time better spent on working to correct the things that did happen? Both. Um, again, based on where we are in the journey, the why is a component of education and win or lose good performance or bad performance uh, at the early stages of the season. You're teaching, they're learning, we're growing through intellect, through through knowledge, the increasing of knowledge individually and collectively. On a couple of occasions during your news conference on Tuesday, you referred to our agenda. Did that refer to the day's specific game plan, or was it more about what you want to be the team's general principles of how you want to play football? Really, it's both. Um, we we have a you know a, a, a desired mode of operation that that could be evident um, in any game, and then some. Then there's some game plan specific things um, that are dictated by matchup, environment, etc. And so 
um, this week's agenda. Uh, we'll have some things that, you know, are, are in any week's agenda, but it'll also have some things uh, that are really specific to this week. Uh, your rookie class showed a lot of promise throughout training camp, and those players also had some nice moments during the preseason. What's involved in getting rookies onto the field once you get into the regular season? You know, oftentimes it's not necessarily what they do. It's, it's opportunity, um, things around them, and that's just the truth of it. When you when you got a when you lack depth uh, in competition, oftentimes rookies are thrust into starting roles and opportunities. When you have a good team and high-quality competition and depth, they have to earn it. Or the attrition component of, of play uh, creates more opportunity. Cam Hayward is down. Um, Keanu Benton is, is going to get an opportunity to play more, et cetera. And so those are the main venues in which a young guy gets on the field when the when the regular season action starts. And um, there will be examples of all of the above uh, particularly uh, at the earlier stages of this. If you remove the injury component, I mean, is the process of getting rookies playing time more about them or more about what the players around them will need to be able to do because they are then playing more? Uh, it's both. Um, you know, you don't put a guy on the field unless he's ready. Um, and, and so that's a baseline component of the discussion. And then secondarily, there's a, you know, there's an opportunity component um, experience is relevant, and most of the time those that have it uh, have a leg up, particularly in September like football when you when you oftentimes just want to work to minimize negativity. When you do that, you give yourself a chance for good performance. You acknowledge that the communication problems the defense had last Sunday, uh, can those calls be simplified or does it just have to be a case of communicating the calls more efficiently? Um, both. They can certainly be simplified, but um, that's a Band-Aid and not a cure. Um, in the National Football League, there are certain complexities uh, that you have to have if you're pursuing greatness, particularly if you're playing good people, um, and they aren't simple. Um, and then also, uh, we could just do a better job of communicating. Um, we had a lot of new people new to Pittsburgh uh, in that group, um, understanding what it means to play defense in our home venue. Um, you know, there's no substitute for experience. And they better grow from last week's experience because it gets no easier with Monday Night Football uh, in this venue this week. In the past, you have said that there are times when what you say to the media on Tuesdays during your weekly news conference contains messages that you will deliver to the team when the week of preparation begins. Did the fact that you referred to Cleveland's running back as Mr. Chubb fall into that category? Most certainly. Um, and that's just a, a, a point that I've been using to illustrate experience and expertise and things that you need to respect, um, particularly at the early stages of the season. Um, a week ago, there was a veteran uh, special teams player for San Francisco. Uh, I referred to him as Mr. Odom uh, because I wanted the rookie special teamers to realize that, you know, when you're competing against that guy, that's a guy that has seven years experience, had 21 tackles a year ago, um, and you're just acclimating yourself to the game, and you better respect that component of it. And so um, I just use that same reference transitioning to this week um, to, to make points to the new defenders um, of the nature of this matchup and how significant he is in it. About Brown's defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz, you said he fits them. What were you referring to there? He's a four-down coordinator. 
Um, that's his resume. That's his experience. Um, they have elite four-down personnel centered around, of course, Miles Garrett. Um, and so um, it didn't surprise me um, that Coach Stefanski went out and got a guy um, who has expertise and experience in the area that fits their personnel. A lot of defensive coaches who have built a reputation for bringing pressure on opponents have a signature way of doing it. Fire zones and zone blitzes having been Dick LeBeau's signature as an example. Uh, what would Jim Schwartz's signature be? You know, I think I, 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 I hesitate to answer that because he sat out. And, and, and oftentimes when a coach takes a year off, um, they're redefining themselves schematically in some way. Prior to him sitting out, he was a four-man rushing coverage guy, no doubt. Um, in his days um, in Tennessee and so forth in the past, that's how he functioned. But I'm always hesitant. I'm always light on my feet and prepared to adjust, particularly um, when someone's coming off of a sabbatical, if you will, um, there's a redefining that usually comes with that. And so we better not paint with a broad brush and assume uh, that Jim Swartz of old is going to be 2023 Jim Swartz. I would imagine that was a component of what transpired last week versus the Cincinnati Bengals um, in terms of how that game unfolded. You mentioned Miles Garrett earlier. How is Jim Schwartz using Miles Garrett so far, which you've been able to see? You know, he does what he does, man. They, um, he's an edge, edge guy. Um, he's elite. Uh, they move him around left and right to make sure that both tackles are prepared to, to, to block him and, and to minimize maybe some chip and body position help if you know where he is. Uh, you can minimize him in that way. So they move him, but their pass coordinators have done that. And last week you saw him inside a lot. Um, in an effort to get him on some individual matchups on on people's interior linemen. And so when you got a special player, uh, you try to make sure that as many of the offensive linemen uh, have to prepare for him as possible um, in an effort to protect him, to minimize double teams, but also to challenge the opposing group. And, and that's what they've done, and that's what I see them continuing to do, even under the leadership of Swartz. Is he a, a – Miles Garrett, I mean, is he a hand-in-the-dirt guy wherever he lines up? Uh, primarily, you'll see him play out of a two-point sum, uh, but that's just today's NFL. Um, there's so many things that happen on the edge of the edges of defenses because of zone read football and things of that nature um, that almost all edge defenders are, are capable of playing on two feet these days. Um, they just kind of grow up that way. Uh, that's just one of the things that's trending in the game. Uh, in last year's regular season finale, you got to look at Deshaun Watson in a Browns uniform. That day he completed 65% of his passes, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and a passer rating of 84.0. Beyond those stats, what do you remember about the way he played that day? You know, his ability and willingness to extend plays. Um, and it is a full-time job staying after that guy uh, from a rush and coverage perspective. Um he makes a lot of plays when, when, when things get extended. Uh, we got to be cognizant of that. We can't allow downhill escape lanes from a pass rush perspective. Um, and we got to do a good job of covering extended down the grass because of his willingness and his abilities in those areas. Do they do design runs with him, or is it pretty much him being escape, his escapability and improvisation? Small body of work, but you know 
um, that that is a component of their personality. Um, he has talents in that area. Um, they're, they're, I'm sure they're going to come and play and play to win. And so particularly in the weighty moments, certainly we'll be prepared for the design quarterback running game. Uh, you know, um, he is a big component of what they do in all circumstances. And so the ball in his hand um, is something that we better be prepared for, run or pass. That's the Mike Tomlin Game Day Podcast. Subscribe and download new episodes every week and check out all of the other shows we have to offer on the Steelers Podcast Network that's available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.